All right, everybody, welcome back to Humane Voices. Carrie and I are here from the Humane Society of the United States for another episode. And by I, he means Austin Vitaliano. <laughs> Hello. Although we've gotten to the point where he feels he needs no introduction. Uh, and I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know who I am. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so we, uh, Carrie and I are going to take a, a little bit different format for the episode today. We've decided to forego our special guest and uh, because there there's too much animal news to ignore. So yeah, there's a lot in the news today, Gary. There's a fair amount, yeah. The first one being uh, how we got to talk about the Department of Transportation. They're talking a lot about, they're announcing a plan to end breed discrimination. This is very exciting. On airlines, yeah. yeah. And it is exciting because we covered an article in, in the summer. This is, is following this proposal um, by Delta Airlines that it would no longer allow pit bull, pit bull type dogs on its airplanes, even if they were considered service animals. Yeah. Seems like a response to what they're doing here. It's really shocking stuff from, I mean, Delta, it's it's, it's an issue we've been working on in many forms for years um, and that many people may, may well be aware of. If you have a quote unquote pit bull yourself, if your friends have pit bulls, um, and I'm putting quote in quotes around them because in fact, pit bulls are not actually a breed. It's the weirdest thing that we've got all this discrimination against a dog um, that the breed does not actually exist. There are a lot of jokes about how really pit bulls should be called, quote, blocky-headed whatevers, because, in <laughs> fact, they're kind of made up of multiple other kinds of breeds, including Staffies and um, Staffordshire, Staffordshire Terriers. That would be a couple other breeds that go into the mix. But the pit bull itself is not an actual breed. And yet there is this fear around pit bulls. And when they do bite, it gets so sort of overreported in the media that it has led to a lot of discriminatory policies against the breed and against perfectly nice, loving, well-behaved dogs um, that, you know, who live in families and who are just as much pets as any other dog. Um, and, you know, Delta, I think it's, it's probably challenging for airlines to try and figure out the right approach to uh, customer service around this issue because people are afraid of pit bulls. Um, but there's no science behind um, behind the, the pit bull ban. And so when it's, it's an issue we've worked on um, not only in terms of corporate policy, but in terms of city and even state policies for years. And what's, what's frustrating is that now some customers that really truly need them um, for disability issues are now having to decide between whether to go on this airline right. or have their service animal with them. Yep. I just think that it's it's more and more um, they're they're being used as you know seeing eye dogs and and they have such a breadth of skills that they can learn and grouping them grouping medium sized short haired animals into just this moniker of pit bull can't yeah. use it. It's you? crazy. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, there are there are whole cities in which pit bulls um, or, you know, basically what that means is dogs that look a particular way uh, are banned completely. I actually live in a county where it's the case. Um, and yet, you know, I mean, ironically, it's it's pretty funny. Um, I live in a county right outside, right outside of Washington, D.C., Prince George's County, where it is illegal to own a pit bull. And yet, a, they, the law is, is completely ignored because basically, as far as I can tell, the, the pit bull is one of the most common breeds in my neighborhood, um, and the dogs are lovely for the most part, just like any other dog. Most dogs are lovely, and some are not. And it's, it's, it's just, it's really, um, but we've got, we've got cases all over the country. I think that there's still a, a ban in Denver that we're working on trying to get uh, a way forward on, but in, for, for years, you know, 
you would have to be, if you lived in Denver, you know, you could be subjected to someone potentially confronting you, not over anything your dog had done wrong, but just over the way your dog looked. Um, there were people who had to choose between living in Denver and keeping their animal. Well, I, I have friends too. I just had a story because I'm living in an apartment and you know how, you know, mm-hmm. some apartments yeah. do have these restrictions and regulations. One of my friends had um, a pit bull type dog mm-hmm. that what qualified it was under that 50 pound limit but the apartment asked to see a picture and unfortunately would not let them have the apartment because of the picture that they saw Incredible. even though that all the qualifications were fine and the dog was was uh, able to technically uh, be allowed in the apartment so that's were they able to make any headway on it because now and then you can bring your animal and sort of show the management that you can you know there's a sort of good canine good citizen approach that you can take but it really depends on how nice management is about it unfortunately that type of management wouldn't meet the nah, dog interesting um, yeah. but i agree that meeting the animal is is kind of the best way to make right. the case exactly it's like it's it's so discriminatory you know there are so many like you know i mean it, it's really there was a there was a meme going around that many people may have seen for for ages where they had this i thought it was hilarious especially because of the kind of dog that i own um there was this great thing that said the mo- the dog most like what is the dog most likely to bite you and then they listed they had this one two three list that normally would have been a list of breeds and it said uh dogs do not bite because of their breeds they are all individuals and item number 10 was chihuahuas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I fr- I have a Chihuahua mix myself, and I can tell you that I have been bitten by this dog yes. so much more than I have ever been bitten by any of the many, many nice, adorable, well-behaved pit bulls who yeah. work in our office and yeah. go to you know, actually come to our meetings. I know. Yeah. I mean, and on the pit bull thing, that's one of the things that I think is really interesting is that pit bulls are just the latest scary dog. I mean, this has been going on for decades. Um, you know, friends at work remember when the Doberman was the really scary dog, when the Rottweiler was the really scary dog. I, you know, I was really nervous about when I was a kid about German Shepherds because I had one try to bite me. And it doesn't mean that German Shepherds are in any way a bad dog. It just means that that particular individual dog bit me. That is what it means. Um you know, and then I also had a thing when I was a kid where the Doberman, which for a long time was one of, you know, you see all these old movies, especially from the 70s, where you've got if there is a junkyard in New York that someone's trying to rob, that is where you're going to find a Doberman. <laughs> I can't remember if the scene in Stand By Me was, was the with Chopper. Uh, was that a Doberman? I can't remember. But Chopper was a scary dog. I think he was a Roddy. Um, and they always portray these big dogs as scary. But when I was a kid, um, my parents uh, dog sat for a Doberman named Shanna, and uh, Shanna, the terrifying, fierce Doberman, was so gentle that uh, an Easter morning I got up and took my mom's uh, freshly made, beautifully decorated, frosted with yellow frosting Easter cake and covered the dog with the Easter cake. Uh, So my parents woke up in the morning to find Shanna completely frosted with yellow frosting and the happiest Doberman ever. Shanna loved it, yeah. She she became the sickest Doberman (laughs) later in the day. (laughs) I was probably not so well either because I probably was licking the Doberman after, you know, (laughs) applying the frosting. But, yeah. Uh, Story for another time. (laughs) (laughs) And and who was the dog? uh, You're killing me, Smalls. Who was the backyard (laughs) uh, crazy dog that they they had there? Um, well, Sandlot, yeah. Oh, it's right. Who was, I, I don't know what kind of, I guess it was kind of just like a, a monster 
uh, leave it up to your imagination kind of kind of pup. But yep. uh, anyway, literally this morning. Oh yeah, and Cujo. Cujo is oh, another dog. Cujo. And but Cujo, I think in the and Cujo was a really interesting because as I as I recall in the book, and I have honestly not seen the movie for years, but in the book, Cujo is just a regular family dog. I don't think, even think he's a scary breed. He gets a a bite from something that makes him into a, a bad dog. A bad dog. Oh, I thought he just ate too much Easter cake. And it might have like been that. Yeah, Shanna, Shanna went on to play Cujo oh, in, a, okay. in a later. Yeah. Really? But literally, you know, every morning I, I walk out the door. It just happened to me this morning. I walked out the door and my chihuahua is biting my ankle and, and attached to my leg trying to prevent me from going to work. <laughs> and mostly it's funny. And then every now and then he draws blood. Oh, <laughs> Well, and and on this same vein, we're talking about uh, the Department of Transportation. They're continuing with this an announcement that they're rolling out. They're proposing a change to the definition of a service animal when it comes to airlines as well. Um, and they're saying that only dogs could fly as service animals. Carrie, I'm sure that you've seen these pictures, I mean, of a service peacock or service yeah. pony. So well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, such a, it's such a weird thing because it's like a lot of the, quote, service animals that people are describing as service animals are not really service animals. There's this weird, vague, amorphous category these days of the emotional support animal. And I think that the, the peacock was an emotional support peacock. There have been cases of, you know, like not all of these animals are flying, but there's frequently an issue around um, people bringing animals on the plane that they say are an emotional support animal. And for a long time, airlines have been kind of trying to figure out what to do about that. A, you know, how to managers, how to manage other customers' fear of some of those animals. And then sometimes the animals do run amok or, you know, have like hygiene issues on the plane and it's really difficult to deal with. And there's also a whole lot of kind of bad behavior on the part of pet owners because rather than deal and it, it's kind of understandable they're rather than dealing with the inconvenience of traveling with a pet and having to put them in cargo which can be really dangerous yeah you claim that it's an emotional support animal and bring it on board with you and it's it's just it's a bad behavior right i mean and it, it undermines legitimate service animals who they're who their people really need yeah, and they're looking to define the service animal, um, particularly as a dog that is individually trained to do the work um, and verified that they have the skill set to help somebody that, who yeah. has disability and, and, and don't discount all the work that, the, that these animals are doing. It's so. probably a good move. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to ruin my usual uh, pattern of introducing myself as my husband's emotional support animal, <laughs> but I mean, I guess the, I'll have to give that up. I think they'll still let you on. No, yeah, but it'll, be, it'll work. <laughs> Okay. I am a blocky-headed whatever, so maybe not. <laughs> All right, so on the topic of Doberman Pinscher, now that we're just talking about that, uh, a photo resurfaced of Kendall Jenner walking her Doberman uh, wearing a silver-pronged collar. And it, it, we're not using this as an opportunity to shame Kendall uh, for what she's doing. But The Internet's a, doing that enough. Yes, exactly. They're roasting her. But, but the opportunity here is to talk about um, collars, because mm -hmm. we might not know Absolutely. the difference, you know, between uh, while they're very important to talk about documentation or, or where the dog is, any vaccinations. Uh, the type of collar that you're using is important to discuss. I yeah, think. absolutely. I mean, I, I always hate these sort of giant internet shame waves. I sometimes feel like Twitter itself is like is like the electronic equivalent of the shame nun in Game of Thrones, just following people around, ringing its bell and <laughs> chanting at them. But I mean, you know, the, the, the collar thing is a really interesting thing. And it's a really good example of the fact that there are all these things for sale to pet owners that may not be good for your your animal and the prong collar is, is a really good example of this i mean it is not it's not like the worst kind of cruelty by any means but it's a prong collar is this is it's 
it's a metal metal collar made of sort of separate links and basically what they do as as it gets pulled on is the sort of links contract and they have these little pieces of, of metal that are that make it up that stick into the animal's neck and when if the animal's pulling at all if you're pulling the animal back it it basically it's not going to likely pierce the animal's skin but it will definitely create like like a pinch a strong right? pinch yeah, 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 a, yeah. A really a, that can be really painful like if you if you're curious about exactly what the animal experiences you can always try this on yourself it's not a it's not a pleasant sensation you know just knowing the kind of uh, if you're having trouble with your with your animal like straining on a leash or have trouble walking it there are other ways to deal with that right prong collar. not condoning going out to a store and buying a shot collar and trying it on yourself but yeah yeah if you want to know uh, yeah, that would be a good movie. We can try that on the podcast later yes, on. Yes, like, new segment. Should, yes, that Terry would actually be excellent. We try on collars that we we do not condone on ourselves. Okay. Join us for that in five years. <laughs> <laughs> when Austin and I are safely retired. <laughs> right, we're gone. No, um, yeah, no, but but Carrie, you're so right. These these types of aversive collars just promote this negative negative encouragement, negative reinforcement for dogs and. Um, uh, you might not have known that. And so this is just an opportunity just, you know, the shock collars or the prong collars, et cetera, are, are not necessarily the type of feedback that you might want um, from your dog because they will learn a habit of, of this reinforcement. And Absolutely. so, yeah, with, with Floof, I mean, I know with Omi, we like to have actually a harness. Mm-hmm. And then, harness is great. Yeah. I was about to suggest the same thing. Okay, yeah. what do you use with, with Floof? I mean, I Floof know. weighs approximately half a pound, so <laughs> really I can sort of dangle him right. in the air and he's completely amenable. I can put him in a pocket, right. you know, like okay. I can tuck him into, you know, probably one of those little like coin, coin things in my, in my jeans. But with <laughs> animals that, you know, actually have some heft and weight to them, um, the, the harness uh, is, harnesses are really great options because basically what you get when you have a harness I, I should back up and say probably one of the best options is to spend the time to train your dog to walk on the leash, right? Yeah. Which all of us should do. I haven't done it myself. I have two very badly behaved dogs on leashes that are just, you know, want to run all over the place. One day when I am, you know, have all the time in the world, I will spend the time to that it actually requires to get those dogs to walk, walk next to me and not pull. Until that day... I will use a harness because one of the best things about the harness is it puts the pressure um, across the dog's chest where it's not threatening to strangle them. Or, or and, yeah, and, and and pinch the yeah. uh, the trachea mm-hmm. too. It, yeah. it kind of ch- chokes chokes the dog. But anyway, so if you're looking for more information, I just typed in dog collars on humanesociety.org. They give a really good list um, about the resources that you can use to uh, perfect to yeah. find this stuff. All right, so now for something completely different from Doberman Pinchers. Uh, he killed five tigers, tried to hire a hitman on his rival. Now he's going to prison for 22 years. Yep. Joe Exotic. By Joe Exotic. By Joe Exotic for a long time. It, so it's really funny. We Back in 2011, this is w- really where we kind of came into the story, uh, there was an HSUS undercover investigation about the horrible conditions of a roadside zoo. That Joe Exotic, a.k.a. No, Joseph Maldonado Passage, a.k.a. Joe Exotic, was keeping hundreds of cats and lemurs in just appalling Mm -hmm. conditions. Um, And so he then was, yesterday, it came to this conclusion where the federal jury found him guilty on two counts of murder for hire 
eight counts of violating the Lacey Act for falsifying wildlife records and nine counts of viola- violating the Endangered, Endangered Species Act. And his hairdresser was charged as an accessory after the fact. <laughs> you you got to look up the picture of this the guy. platinum mullet that he has sported for many, many years. <laughs> Not that I want to ostracize our platinum mullet sporting listeners, no, which I'm sure are hundreds of thousands, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Hey. Yeah, this guy. It's one of those things where, like, having grown up on the movies, you're used to bad guys who are sophisticated and chic and handsome, and then you get a look at Joe Exotic, and apparently the people who are committing murder for hire is not, are not George Clooney. <laughs> Let's have George Clooney play Joe Exotic <laughs> in this made-for-movie um, film. No, this could be a podcast in itself. I just feel like it's a, it's a it's just a crazy story for what had been going on. So we give Joe Exotic a bye, Felicia. Bye, <laughs> bye, Felicia. Enjoy federal prison. Bye. That's that's all we have on uh, on on Joe for now. Stay tuned for updates from prison. <laughs> Live from prison. Live. Our podcast. Joe Maltanato. <laughs> Another uh, relevant topic in the news carries recently. The um, uh, congressional midi- uh, committees have held their first hearing on the Horse Racing Integrity Act. Um, and this bill, it, they're, they're looking to standardize uh, drug testing in, in the horse racing industry. Um, and also self-policing, too, I think. It's one of those places where the industry has frequently said, you know, we can, we can decide what we do on our tracks and we can in- implement our own safety and welfare standards. And we see over and over and over again in countless industries that's just not the case. It's, it's very frequently sort of a fox guarding the hen house sort of thing. And I think a lot of animal folks have been looking out towards what's been happening in California at that one particular track where there have been multiple horse deaths and going, what is going on here? So it's great news that they're actually trying to move it forward and right. get something done about it. Exactly. It's, a, it's about time just to, just to have a, a level of standard with um, how, we're, how we're dealing with um, horse racing in general absolutely and we'll definitely talk more about this as the news comes out because i'm I'm, we're hoping that we'll get something done on it and actually get some uh, reform made right stay tuned for updates all right everyone that's all we have for today's show be sure to follow hsus and hsi on facebook instagram twitter and the website humanesociety.org for the latest info you can also message podcast at humanesociety.org and send us your reactions questions you have and topics that you want to hear for our next episode. See you next time on Humane Voices.